Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oakbridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Yeah, buddy, we're good, man. It's Ohio State. You know, we get it. It's exciting. We brought back one of our favorite people, one of my favorite people. Uh, AD, listening all week to Biggie Smalls, Mm -hmm. just to get in the mindset of what we got into for no reason that I'm like just going to stand in the stadium. Uh, But Anthony Davis joining us again. Man, I am so excited to hear your thoughts on our offense, what's going on, and and Ohio State, just the buildup, because we had a lot of success against them. Yeah, absolutely did, man. I'm super excited to join y'all today, and always a pleasure, Burn. You know that, man. It's, yeah. it's great to, to, to join y'all and talk a little Badger football. Um, I'm excited about the game as well. Just um, It's been an interesting year, you know, transition year, getting used to a new philosophy, uh, dealing with some injuries um, as a fan, and uh, just being patient and trying to wait for things to uh, come to fruition. So, yeah, for sure. Well, we appreciate you being here as always, and we appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, we want to remind everyone that we're presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at Bet Online. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get into it uh, and talk sort of about the first half of the season in the offense, A.D., because it seems to be working in fits and spurts. And we want to know just sort of what you've seen in the first, uh, you know, in, in the first half of the season here for the Badgers on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think um, what I've seen is inconsistency. Uh, what I've seen is um, not being the most disciplined uh, in terms of penalties, um, in terms of, um, you know, making the plays, you know. And so uh, I'm being patient, right, because, you know, I think everyone here is air raid and they're like, OK, you know, this is going to be 400 yards a game and, you know, balls going to be flying all over the field. And, you know, just understanding that it takes time to to implement a completely different philosophy that, you know, really, really is different than what culturally we've been accustomed to uh, in Badger football. I think that, um, so for me, you know, that part of it, I'm being patient with. The part that I feel like I'm not being patient with is, you know, when we're getting stupid penalties, right? When we're killing drives with stupid penalties, when we are um, 
not making catches that we should make, you know, especially when we got a young quarterback or a quarterback that's struggling or the offense is struggling to get a rhythm. We can't leave balls on the field. You know, we, we can't leave balls on the field. And so um, that part in terms of execution, I think, you know, we need to be accountable. Uh, but in terms of the scheme, in terms of the ball flying around, I think I'm being a little more patient there. But the other part is it hasn't been pretty, right? <laughs> like we know that it has not been pretty. Um, I'm excited about what it could be once we get it running and rolling, you know. So I, I do think some key injuries kind of hurt us as well. You know, losing Malusi, I think, was a, is a huge one. I thought I really felt like he was um, a game-changing type of back. You know, I felt like he was uh, explosive, very good in space, you know. And so really a good complement to – um, kind of the downhill running style that Braylon brings to the table. So um, not necessarily having that, you know, just I think hurts the offense too, you know, because you need you need that change of pace. You know, you got the guy who can come downhill and Braylon, once he gets ahead of steam, is, is a load to bring down, you know, but you got a guy who, you know, you throw it to him in the flats out in space. He can make somebody miss. Um, he can make safeties miss. He's a little more – he's a little – he's a different style of runner that I think keeps the defense – Defense is off balance, doesn't let them get accustomed to one style. And um, so I'm definitely think I definitely think we're, we're feeling that. Hey, do you bring up a lot of good points uh, on the offense, which I mean, obviously why we always ask you. I think the penalties are killer because scheme doesn't affect your ability to block somebody or pass mm-hmm. block. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not like you're asking tackles to run out and block corners and mm-hmm. hold those guys. You're asking them to just do their normal blocking. So. I think that is really frustrating when you're – I agree with you. When you're watching, penalties are killing our drives yeah, and drops just, are killing us. Yeah, I actually wanted to interject right there about the penalties. So go over to PFF and you look at the penalties off for this offensive line and it's bad. Jack Nelson has eight penalties in seven games. Riley Malman has five. Tanner Bordellini has four. Uh, you know, both Trey Wedding and Michael Furtney have penalties. Like – it's a lot of the of the offensive line that is killing drives and killing momentum a lot of time with penalties. Mm-hmm. That's one of the really frustrating things because while the blocking's been inconsistent, the there's been one consistency, and that's been they've been consistently getting penalties, and that's not where you want to be consistent. No. And going against Ohio State, you cannot do that. Like the, we have to be locked in completely. But AD, so you know we lost Ches Malusi. That dude was fantastic. I think he was a perfect mold of the offense. I still love Braylon. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's fantastic. Different runner, right? Downhill. He's gonna make somebody miss, but he's gonna get behind blockers and and do his thing. Mm-hmm. How do you think you would have fit into this offense? I think I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think the offense creates some natural um running lanes. And I'm like, you know, I was always a guy who if I got a good lane, I feel like I could eat up a good chunk of yardage, if not go 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 to distance. So I do think that it would have it would have fit well. I obviously needed to work on uh, being a better receiver, you know, but I definitely feel like being in space um, and getting some of those running lanes would have definitely fit well. And the few times that we did do read zones and and things that, you know, uh, from the spread kind of spread look, I felt like I had some we, we had some success with it. So. I think you would have been awesome. I think you know why? Because you were so good at getting on the lineman's heels and disappearing pretty much behind those guys 
and getting linebackers flowing. Do you remember that cut you had? And you were, your jump cuts were outrageously amazing. Do you remember that jump cut you had at Oregon? Mm-hmm. It was the most beautiful thing it, out of the shotgun. We like hardly did it. Dude, you ran for like 70 yards. It was the, I was at the towers and watching it, just cheering my life. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, without a fullback, but see what, what I think is dynamic about you is with a fullback or without a fullback, mm-hmm. you can make it happen. Cause at Ohio state, we did a lot of fullback stuff and it wasn't working in the first half. And we went to 12 personnel mm-hmm. and you had some long runs off of some uh, handoffs outside, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we, then we put in the fullback uh, in 2004 and just pounded them. Um, what do you think are some keys? Let's just go in. Let's transfer right into Ohio state. Cause this gets me, I'm so amped this week. I'm going, I'm going to be pumped. What was it like every, like, do you remember what it was like leading up to the games? You know, we just finished whatever game that was on Saturday. We had either the run on Sunday or we had the day off. Do you remember what it was like leading up to those games? Yeah, I think so. And I think that for me personally, man, I, the O state week one, you know, it, it always, meant a little bit, I'm going to say it meant a little bit more to me, but, you know, I remember being a true freshman and uh, they came into the camp and I remember two play, two things stuck out to me, right? We lost the game, but the one, the running back at the time, he breaks like a 40 yard run and in the middle of his run, his shoe comes off and somehow he still scores. Right. And I'm, and I just pissed me off. I'm like, that's disrespectful, low key. And then the other thing was that after the game, they started dancing on a W. And I never, that was always just implanted in my head. I'm like, you know, it's always with some, with some, some bad blood with those dudes. And I'm like, man, we, there's no way we're going to lose to these guys. I mean, I really, wanted, I really wanted to beat them, you know. And so always remember Coach talking about how fast they were going to start. I always remember Coach, I mean, he just had the perfect formula for them. And I always remember um, him telling us not to get caught up in like, you know, all the great players that they've had in the program, which was to me, it was like, OK, easy. You know what I mean? I'm not playing any George, don't care about the big cat or, you know, those are great players with much respect to them. But, you know, the guys who show up at, on the field are the guys that, that that's going to have to deal with us and we got to deal with them. So was really able to lock in and uh, we did have some good success against them. Um, but, yeah, I do remember it being like the urgency and you know, coach continuously saying, hey, these guys are going to start fast. They're going to make big plays, but they're going. there's going to be one moment in the game where they're going to mess up, you know what I mean? And to just take that moment and, and flip the momentum and never give it back. And that's pretty much how most of the games went. You know, the one game we lost to them was the year they won the national championship. And I still, in my heart, believe we should have beat them. That we should have beat them. We know too. We beat them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we were a young team, though. Mm-hmm. I'm at least up in the skill positions. Well, not everybody, but I, it was you, me. We were young. The O line was pretty good. Yeah, but I think we and got Lee, better and better. Obviously, Lee was out that year with a knee injury, and so we had a lot of young receivers who were just mm-hmm. now starting, who were coming into their, their rhythm. But uh, yeah, I definitely feel like even with with all that said, we really still should have beat them. You know, so. Oh man, we should have beat them. So I remember in trying to think i just felt like when we walked in and sat in that team meeting on monday morning or monday afternoon all the coaches were like no we got this we're gonna you guys are gonna be the best you're gonna play the best you've ever played like they instilled this like Mm -hmm. chip confidence on your shoulder that was like you guys aren't gonna have a bad game bad Mm -hmm. practice 
watch this film. Watch 2000 when Ron Dane did it. We were down, what, 14 mm-hmm. to nothing? We watched that, like, 41 points in the second half. Like, we watched clips upon clips upon clips of success. Yeah. And then you really start believing it. At, at least I did. I was mm-hmm. like, man, these guys could be the best team in the world, and I believe we can do it. Yeah. Do you remember in 04 they, they made those T-shirts, I'm in, I'm on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I could find that. But uh, I definitely threw it away. Uh, but, I, you know, like Coach White was feet up the whole time, oh, yeah, you know, man. ready. I just oh, – so yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just excited because if we bring any of that, if we bring the fourth quarter Illinois game to this week, mm-hmm. I think we have a good chance of keeping it competitive and winning. I mean, listen, it, crazier things have happened at Camp Brand, though. Absolutely. And I, and I do think that I expect like the quarterback, I expect Locke to make a big jump this week. Um, I think that, you know, of course, they're always going to they're going to have some great corners, but um, I expect them to make a big jump. You know, I think his stats were pretty deceiving last week. I think there were some balls left on the field that should have been catches and even some that could have been, you know, possible touchdowns. Um, so I do look forward to seeing him make a big jump. Um, I'm really, you know, seems like Pauling on the on the receiver side is starting to come, you know, uh, cement himself as the guy. But I'm waiting for the rest of the, the receiver group to really show up. I'm like, um, you know, C.J. Williams. I'm waiting for him to kind of have his breakout game as, as heavily touted as he's been. Um, waiting for um, uh, 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 Skyler, Skyler Bell. To, 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 to be a little more consistent. You know, I, I think he's capable of, of having some big games. So looking looking for him to have a breakout campaign. I mean, I think the cool thing about the offense is that at any given time, somebody can go crazy. You know, one of any of these receivers can go crazy. And I'm just waiting for somebody to just like go crazy. You know, DK, I mean, he's definitely a leader on the team and he's got to play his best football, you know, in order for us to win. So. Yeah. And drops have definitely been an issue with this mm-hmm. team. At the receiver position at the tight end position, um, just going through like some PFF stuff today, you know, Rucci has dropped 30% of his targets. Um, that's not a great sign um, for anyone. And yeah, like you said, like th- there's a bunch of receivers who have multiple drops again. And when the offense seems to be, you know, stagnating, sputtering, those drops and those penalties, like we talked about, are just absolute killers. And I think for the game this weekend, they really need to come through big for Braden Locke in his second career start and a really, really big one. Um, What did you see out of uh, Locke AD this past weekend that makes you either excited or nervous or both? Um, What I, what, what makes me excited about him was that he's not afraid to make the big throw in the, in the big moment, you know, I mean, on that pass that he didn't connect with DK on, I thought the throw was there. I thought his thought process was great. I thought that, you know, had DK caught that pass, it's a, it's a touchdown. or It's a big gain or a touchdown. Um, the slot fade that he threw, I think that was Bell who caught that. I thought that was a great throw. I thought he put the ball on the money and we needed him to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know that he's got poise. You know, you are, you've already spoiled us and showed us that you're capable and now you just got to do it consistently. Uh, so uh, I'm excited about him. I don't think he's afraid to, to, to toss the ball around at all, you know, and, and really not the, the other Rucci, we need to put him in there. I mean, I mean, he's, <laughs> he made the most, one of the most athletic catches of the game as, 
as a freaking, you know, as a, as a, is he a defensive lineman? No, he's an, he's he's an offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah offensive lineman gets in there and makes an athletic catch. I could, I could hear coach white, you know, talking about apex in the football and the <laughs> highest point, getting the ball at the highest point. And he, he gets in there and does that shockingly enough. But I do think some of those crossing routes that we missed um, had some bad, you know, some, some drops. We got, we got to clean that stuff up, you know, because, you know, we know that they'll score, right? There's no, they're going to score points. Uh, we got to be able to um, to score as well or, or, or sustain drives. Yeah, I think the AD, that to me is one of the biggest points. We have to stay on the field on an offense. We have to. We have too many three and outs. I mean, we're going, we had 17 third downs in both games. It's a lot uh, of third downs. You know, we got to start getting some first downs on first down and second down, so we're not in third down. And I think we have to be manageable third downs. I don't want them to play. I think we have to play attack football the entire game and mm-hmm. say, Braden Luck, we have a full week of coaching with you, and, mm-hmm. and I am the offensive corner. I'm going to coach to you. You like to throw deep ball? Because I remember sitting in there, AD and Coach White, and be like, hey, AD, what plays do you like? Yeah, And you told him, do you like the zone? He's like, well, Ron Dane liked this inside the 22 zone. You're like, I don't like that. All right, cool. We'll do the we'll do the twenty four yeah. zone or whatever you you know like whatever you like. So, I think there has to be some communication to say, hey, Braden, you're a different dude than Tanner. What do you want to mm-hmm. see? And the one guy you didn't mention, I love Green. I think he could have a breakout oh, game because yeah, because sure. nobody ever pays attention to him. Yeah, and he's he's athletic, and I think he. So we have like ten guys who could have breakout games this week, mm-hmm. and if any of them do it. We have a chance. If DK has a touchdown on special teams and somehow we have a long pass, that to me is is a good ingredient. Yeah, and I always feel like there's certain guys who it's different when they make a play. You know what I mean? Like it just energizes the rest of the group. You know what I mean? I, I really would love to see DK uh, make some big plays. I feel like it just it's different when when those guys make a play. You know what I mean? It just energizes the rest of the group. And um, so, I, yeah, I think it's it's wide open for somebody to step up. And I'm like, come on, man, this is going to be a primetime game. Oh, state. What the hell do you come to, to, to play D1 football? Why you come to the Big Ten? This is the game you want to play in. I mean, this yep. is, you know, like, come on, somebody can get out there and really um, make a name for themselves, you know, really, you know, put the um, you know, put the offense on their back. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, this I mean, has been there's a the reason we still talk about David Gilreath like every oh, yeah. single time yeah, because yeah. like that is a signature play in his career in the Ohio State Wisconsin you know legacy like that is one of the biggest plays because it's under the lights against you know a a ridiculously good Ohio State team you know yeah. number three team again like Ohio State comes in ranked in the top five attention athletes Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager, Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. 
our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Boulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oakbridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oakbridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anicetti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. The thing that makes me nervous, I guess, on the offensive side of the ball, I do want to talk about defense here in a second. Going back to the offensive line, Ohio State has some really, really good pass rushers, most notably JT Tui Malau, who Mm -hmm. is probably one of the three or five best like pass rushers in the entire country. What do you do with a offensive line that has struggled with penalties and some pass protection against guys like that? AD? I would say we need to do some quick routes, you know, some, some routes that are going to kind of slow them down a little bit. Um, if we can swing the ball out um, on the perimeter, I think again, having Malusi would have been a totally different game plan, you know, because I, li- I really like him on those swing routes or some of those quick those quick passes, you know, to slow down the pass rush. You can screen off of them if you need to to kind of slow them down, um, giving the quarterback some some high percentage timing throws so that they can get we can get the ball out. Um, you know, I think there's some things we can do to try to, you know, offset some of his 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 pass rush. I mean, their pass rush period is is, is pretty solid. So um, and, and I watched a little bit of their game against Penn State. And so they 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 really had the quarterback. Um, uh, they, 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 he didn't the Penn State quarterback didn't play his best game. I'll say that. So. Well, and Penn State wasn't even trying to push the ball downfield was the other yeah. thing. So they sort of didn't have to worry about that. And they kept bunching up to the line of scrimmage. So I think it's mm-hmm. important for Wisconsin to force the ball downfield, even if they're not going to get completions or mm-hmm. pass interference penalties to have to respect the deep pass to allow for Braylon, especially to have a little bit more in terms of the running lanes. But uh, speaking of running lanes, we can, one of the things that Bernie and I have lamented uh, a lot here in the first part of the season on the defensive side of the ball is run fits, especially for the linebackers. What is sort of your takeaway from this switch to the three, three, five AD in the first half of the season? What do you like and what do you want to see improvement on? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of my diplomatic answer. You know, no one said you have to be diplomatic here. No one said you have to be diplomatic. I'm still here. adjusting to the, the to the three three five. You know, I, I think that right now it's not necessary, not necessarily playing to our strengths. Um, maybe it will though against a team like O State that's going to spread the ball around and, and um, you know, but I you know I think sometimes it, it doesn't put you know, our linebacker play hasn't been super consistent. And we've been, I realized that we've been rotating some of our better players out of the lineup. And I'm like, okay, something's going on. Uh, right now, uh, Hunter Waller has been the most consistent person I've seen on defense. 
Uh, I like him. I like his versatility with this with this defense. He can play around the box. He can, um, you know, he can play safety. He can play around the box. He can tackle. He can rush the passer. I, th- I think he's one of the most versatile players that we have. Other than that, in terms of the front seven, you know, I haven't really seen anyone like step up and kind of be a difference maker. Everyone is kind of just they're doing their jobs. Um, but you know, I've I've not been. Um, I thought we would be a little bit more stout against the run at this point. Um, and even playing against a three, three, five, I remember it kind of being frustrating just based off the scheme that we ran, trying to figure out who was going to be the read, the read key. But, um, you know, that was our old offense, you know, and now, you know, against a spread offense, which I'm, a, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the intent of this defense is to put is to put a quicker, faster, to have a quicker, faster front seven on the field that can depend to defend some of the RPO stuff. Um, but I just have not seen a lot of personality in the defense. I have not seen a lot of confidence in the defense. I have not seen a lot of um, edge would be the probably the word. I'm like, you know, I want to see a little more edge, you know what I mean? And maybe it's, you know, we're still learning this scheme and getting accustomed to it, or maybe we just don't have the guy who's, who's going to bring that and, and enforce it, you know? Uh, so I think it's a, it's probably all of those things that you just mentioned. I don't think we have, I think our scheme is not conducive to the players that we have yes. right now. And I think, you know, we we're missing an edge rusher, which we, we, these guys were always like interior three, uh, three, four guys, uh-huh. right. The guys we have now. So, so, for that was for four years. Now some of them are, you know, you're you're out of transition to a different defense is must be very difficult. We think it's so easy, but it's not that easy, mm-hmm. right? Like these guys have to learn everything new. I mean, like CJ Getz is in his sixth year. He spent five years doing something different in the other right. defense, and now he's asked to do something that's kind of similar as an outside linebacker, but not quite. I mean, he's dropping back into coverage more, et cetera, et cetera. And he's actually been really good. I think after Hunter Wohler, he's probably been the most consistent player on the defense, which surprised me because I thought coming into the year, he was going to be one of the weaker links. Mm-hmm. I, I think we have good guys. I think we have good guys. I just don't mm-hmm. think, I think for the scheme we're trying to accomplish, we don't have the right personnel yet. Yeah. And the run fit to me has been, it's been killer because I think we're, we have guys who have been doing things for four or five years and it's so hard to snap. You remember when it's like, don't, don't have bad habits, mm-hmm. but you, for four years, you built these habits mm-hmm. and the way you look at football and the way you run through a play. And then you have to break that. And that yeah. is very difficult to do um so i'm just hoping i mean i think we have smart players we always do i just mm-hmm. want to see a little bit better of doing your responsibility that's yeah. that's what i would say i'd like to see us uh, put some more pressure on the quarterback i'm like you know even uh, i think the washington state game stands out to me i'm like you know when we started to pressure the quarterback we started to play better. We started to stop them. We started to get stops. But, you know, we waited until pretty much the third quarter to, to start doing that. I'd like to see us get more pressure on the quarterback. And I think most of us have been spoiled watching these games because we've always had an edge rusher, if not two. And we've always been able to, to dial up blitzes and packages that never allow the quarterback to get sit back and be comfortable. You know, and now I'm watching a quarterback just sometimes is comfortable. I'm like, okay, this guy's pouring a drink back there. You know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's back there picking stuff up off the turf, waiting for his read, you know, waiting for his reads to 
to come open, like let's put some heat on them. So yeah. and it puts a lot of pressure on the, the DBs to oh. hold, you know, hold their guys up for four or five seconds. People are going to be open. You, it, we've all played just regular football in the in the playground. Like if you give somebody five seconds, somebody's always open. Four seconds, yeah. somebody comes open. It's just natural. Yeah, and I think against O State, I mean, what they've traditionally beat us with is crossing routes. I mean, it's the really simple – they run deep crossing routes all the time and just wait for their guy to outrun us. And, um, you know, so that's – I mean, you got to look for the crossing route. You know what I mean? That's what they're going to do. They're going to put they're going to put their receive, best receivers inside, run deep crossers, and at, at some point try to get the ball to them in space and hope, hope they got to step on our guy. If we don't have – if we don't throw off, um, if we don't disrupt the quarterback's rhythm or routine or put pressure on them, that's exactly what they will do. They'll throw deep crossers and just let the receivers run. So. And then what happened last year was that Wisconsin adjusted to that and they just killed them with Kate Stover, the tight end. Like mm-hmm. Stover, the tight end last year was, I mean, one of the best games he's ever played in his career. Yeah, and he I was, remember that game. He was unstoppable. And so I think they have to worry about that a little bit this yeah. year. The other thing that I think concerns me about the defense is that tackling has been very inconsistent there's there's a lot of missed tackles on this team if you go and like look at the pff like missed tackle percentages um you know they have five of their or sorry like four of their top snap getters are all 24 percent or above in missed tackle percentage so you know that means one out of four tackles they're missing and that is with a light defense, right? Only only six like heavier players because you're always playing five defensive backs. That's a problem. Like that's a real problem. Um, all the missed tackles, and so I think that's one of the reasons why the defense has struggled. Because even if they get there, even if they get to the guy, they're still getting. You know, they're not making the tackle, letting the guy get further. We saw that with Luke Altmaier last week, the quarterback who seemed to slip a bunch of tackles from a bunch of different players. And, yeah. you know, this week, Kyle McCord, the quarterback for Ohio state is not the same type of runner that Altmaier is, mm-hmm. but he's definitely more accurate passer. And those athletes that Ohio state has out in the open field are going to make a lot of guys miss, which is what you worry about. Yeah. And that, that's another one of those things that like, you know, regardless of scheme, like you got to tackle people, you know what I mean? Like there's, don't care if you come out there in, in the Bears defense, you know. I don't care if you come out there like the '85 Bears or whatever you want to run. You but you got to tackle people, you know. There's 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 no excuse for miss for miss tackles, you know. So it's 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 at this point you question, okay, what's what's driving the guys and what's getting them to play their best football? And um, I, I think what you the point you made, Bernie, about this being, um, you know, them having to change habits, change the way they look at things, you know, and especially not achieving success right away in the new scheme, I think can probably, I would, I would imagine is discouraging too, you know, so I'm hoping we can make some big plays on defense early in the game and, you know, play with some energy and some passion, you know, otherwise, yeah. Dude, what, what do they say? Football is all about blocking and tackling. Yeah, but the basics. The I mean, that's all the camps you ever go to are block and tackle. The so basics. we need to block and tackle. Yep. I think we. I mean, I'll sum this up. Obviously, I think everyone on whoever listens to this would say we cannot play. We have to play penalty free football. We have to literally push a little harder. I mean, mm-hmm. this is Ohio State, but this is Madison at night. We've beat them 
at night almost mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Not a, Yes, enough that mm-hmm. we should come in with a chip on our shoulder. I think with the way we played against Illinois, if we start that way, we we have had success. There's no reason that guys can't catch a football off of Ohio State guys. They're not yeah. like – they're just human beings as well. You know, like, yes, they are number three, but I would come in and just – be violent and just say, I'm not letting this dude, no matter who this guy, he's the number one dude out there. Good. I want to be the number one guy. So guess what? I'm going to try to blow this guy up every play. And then we could do it. And we need one or two miracle plays. We need a Lee Evans. We need a Gilreath. We need a pick six. We need a fumble return for a touchdown. We just need something to get us. We need a big, like a Brandon Williams return, you know, for 60 yards. We need some of those things. We need dudes to go up and get a ball over guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we need Marvin Harrison Jr. to twist an ankle. Like we just need some. I don't, yeah. I, I don't want him to do that. I don't want that. That, But like we need him to get off his game. We need to put the yeah. fear of God into people who are running around on the on our field. And that's what I think we're missing. But we can do it. We've seen that we can be successful. So – I hope the coaches are just preaching that and just saying, like, you guys, the way we thought we could win is the way that these guys, I hope, come into that game and say, listen, yeah. we got nothing to lose. Let's just do it. Yeah, man. I'm just laughing. Every time you say be will, man, I just think about <laughs> think about him at O State, man. I just – oh, man, some funny times, man. This guy, We just need a Dantes on the field. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be will would uh, – he would never stop talking. You know, what I mean? like, bro, get back to the huddle, man. Come on, like, get your ass back to the huddle, man. We got, come on, man. He was being their face the whole game. Like, you know, that's the type of attitude I think we need to take into one of these games is confident and cocky and edge. Like, you know, we don't care who you are. We don't care what your, how many uh, uh, first round picks you got on your team or how many, you know, bowl games you've won or we don't care about any of that stuff. We're just going to come and punch you in the mouth and, and then go home. Celebrated. That's yep. the type of attitude we need. And you need some leaders. I feel like we have a lot of silent leaders, and mm-hmm. we don't have like a couple of those vocal guys that, yes, it's so obnoxious sometimes, mm-hmm. but a B Will, a Dantes, guys who, even Antosh, like dudes who would scream at people for making mistakes, yeah. who would also get in people's faces. It brings an energy. Yep. These guys didn't get penalties on the field. They just did these things. Dantes, when we ran on the field in 04, ran right to the – oh, he told people he was going to do it, and he did it. And then we had basically like a – they emptied both of the um, the benches. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Like to imagine coming into – now you're an Ohio State guy. You're like, who the hell are these guys? Like how do these guys think that they should be here? And all we did was think we should be on that field. Like we yeah, knew yeah. we should be on that field. Um, in 04 one time um... – Coach threw like a little swing pass. I caught the pass and they, they had a big safety, Nate Sally. He comes downhill. I put my head down and just rocked him. You know what I mean? He tackled me, but I gave him a good blow, right? May have gotten three yards. B Will runs over and is in his face on like standing over him like he was like he made the play. And then like we got a big gain. And I'm like, come on, bro, it's three yards. That's what we we do we doing that all game. Okay. Yeah, he was going crazy. And I'm just like, that's that's the type of energy and enthusiasm we need. Sometimes I just feel like we uh we play flat, you know what I mean? And we 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 play flat, you know. And like when I think of those type of leaders that you mentioned, I think of like a 
uh, a Chris Ord, right? Like a Chris Ord who, who's that type of vocal leader, going to hold up, going to set a different standard for everyone on the field. Um, when I think of swag and edge, I think of like a Chanel, Leo Chanel, like, you know, with the big uh, death row written on his arm and Sharpie or whatever that was. <laughs> like, you know, I think of that type of that type of uh, edge that we need in order to, to 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 really get to where we need to be on defense, man. So I think Herbig and Benton brought that edge last year and we haven't oh. seen that replaced. Herbig had that since he was a freshman. Other guys mm-hmm. even talked about it, right? Like he was different. He was yelling at dudes as a true freshman that they weren't working hard enough and yeah. he was outworking them. And that was one of the things that really sort of set him apart. And you see why on your Steelers, AD, he's already oh, making man. an impact uh, uh, <laughs> at it, the NFL level, which I know you love to see. So, um, two things we're gonna get out here on first prediction for this weekend's game for the final score ad i'm gonna go 24 17 badgers all right i love it i love it we gave bernie and i gave our predictions over on uh our last episode with uh, the two guys from osu shout out to uh to chimdy and brian we had a lot of fun with them if you haven't listened to that i highly recommend going back to listen to that and what i want to get you out of here on though ad i'm gonna put you on the hot seat just for a second okay we had Joe Thomas on uh, early this year. He gave us his five top five running backs in the history of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And you were one of the five. Okay. So what we want is AD's top five running backs in Badger history. Ooh, we. That's a tough one, man. Uh, all right. My top five. I'm going to exclude me, and I'm going to put um, – because I couldn't see me play technically, but I'll, I'll say um, I like JT. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with my man BC. Um, I really like BC's game. Uh, he didn't have um, – he wasn't there. He was there a season, I think, and then he mm-hmm. you know, he, he left or whatever. But I like BC. Uh, Got to go with RD. Um, so that's three. Um who else? Let me see. Ooh. I'll throw out some I, options here for you. We got- tough. I'm going to go with Monty. Okay. I'm going to go with Monty Ball. Um, so some remaining options. Melvin Gordon, James White, Corey Clement, Brent Moss, PJ Hill, Michael Bennett. Big yeah, play, John Clay. Big play. Big play Clay. I was I saw him at homecoming, man. It's good, yeah. always good to see big play Clay, man. Um that's tough, man, because, you know, what I have a bad habit of is looking at, you know, what whose game I think is like could 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 be successful anywhere. You know what I mean? And so um, oof, that's a tough one, man. If I could if I could probably tie uh, Mike B and Melvin, I probably would tie them, you know, in, in, or interchange either one of them. Uh, Mike B was another guy who didn't have like a bunch of seasons. But if you saw some of the big play, the playmaking ability the guy had was just like, you know, it could be like five carries and, you know, 180 yards because he <laughs> busts a 90 yarder. Dude, he you know had, I, mean? I think he's the fastest player to ever, or fastest running back ever at Wisconsin. Yeah, he had legit, um, like legit 10 flat 100 ski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, this dude had, his calf muscles were like, <laughs> I mean, I know, this dude is just two big calf muscles with like arms and like, you know, a torso, but he was, he was ridiculous um, in terms of, in terms of making plays. 
Uh, Melvin too. I think Melvin was was amazing. Obviously, he was uh, he had one of the greatest seasons I feel like of any any Badger running back. You know what I mean? Um, and he was he was amazing to watch too. But either of those two guys, man, and that's tough, man, because you know you. Jay White, I feel like, was super solid, you know, versatile. Him and BC were very similar in terms of being versatile, in terms of understanding the entire um, what's happening around them, the whole offensive scheme. Um, but, yeah, that's wild. Those are my five I think I'm going to go with. I like that. I like yeah. that. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap it up here today. Uh, you know, everyone's got meetings to go to. So we appreciate you guys taking the time we appreciate everyone tuning in wherever they are to believe in badgers on the believe network presented by betonline.ag and our friends over at oak bridge wealth management uh thanks for tuning in and until next time on wisconsin on wisconsin get to the stadium early fill up the student section yeah right thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.